I am not encouraging people to buy Bitcoin. Okay, and no, neither and neither is Gord. So no, I I am not either. <laughs> it's it it it's a game. You could be in the stock market, and you have a million dollars the day before you die or the moment before, and then we go into recession three months later, and it's worth four hundred thousand. Your your estate's going to get taxed at one million dollars. And the better the better、uh, choice of that is called a personal pension plan, and the reason it's good is because it allows you over time to put in more money, paid for by your corporation. So your corporation writes a check to a trust called、um, a PPP instead of to you,、uh, and it allows you to even go back. So if your corporation is quite old, or if you have a holding company that's quite old, you can actually go back and create a thing called future service or and past service. Correct. If you hire a financial advisor, don't give them all your money. Hire another one, right? Or or、uh, um, what you have to or take a couple of things, one or two, and manage them yourself. Why? So you get to know the game, right? How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for healthcare professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. So,、uh, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, depending on where you are. Welcome back to How Is My Financial Health, Doc? Podcast, and I am your host、uh, Vuketran. I'm happy to have you guys back, but I'm even more excited to have、uh, Gord back. So, Mr. Gordon Berger, that、uh, we have heard on our fireside chat. So, there was three episodes that we took、um, a good conversation. We had a good conversation with Gordon, and、uh, I don't know about you, but I took a bunch of golden nuggets out of that conversation. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And that is why we have Gord back with us today. But Gord, today we're going to be talking about something else, something really specific. And so, before we go there,、uh, I want to welcome Gord to the show. Good morning, Gord. Hi, Vu. How are you? I'm I'm very good. I'm very good. And I hope, I hope you're. I, yeah, I hope everybody out there is、uh, getting along with Omicron and whatever the future lies ahead of us. Yeah, I th- I think we're doing pretty well、uh, comparing to. Other、uh, other jurisdictions and other part of the world. I think we're doing very well. We could do be we could be doing better, but no, I'm not complaining. Great,、um, great. So, Gordon,、uh, just to remind the audience who you are, how about、uh, you give a few words about yourself、uh, and what you do? And、uh, I understand you're in semi retirement, but you still work eight days a week. That that's exactly right. I only work sixty hours a week. Seven days a week, just till about eleven o'clock at night. Right? Why do I do that? Because I love it. And when I have watched all my friends, and I'm uh, past seventy、uh, years old,、uh, quite a bit past, and I still work. But when I watch my friends who have retired, the, the the doctors, dentists, lawyers, accountants, when they start at sixty-two or sixty, sixty-five at the latest, sometimes, and all of a sudden.、Um, They're either dead 
disabled with things like god forbid alzheimer's which i've seen a lot of uh or they or they just go into malaise right so i'm going to keep working and doing what i love doing to for the people that i really like um till the till god takes me to the cloud <laughs> well you know what uh i we are very blessed to have you um i mean you're a wonderful person to be doing this uh and you've helped a lot of people so uh thank you for doing what you're doing gordon oh it's my pleasure it's my pleasure so gordon today we're going to be talking about something really special so before we well let's let me let me put it this way we're going to be talking about the wealth creator okay we talked about that in our conversation the last time maybe just in one or two sentences just so that we set the stage and i don't want to go into the details now but just to set the stage what is the wealth creator in maybe one or two sentences and then we'll dive into that later okay simplistically speaking it's an engine that i built uh that allows people to create basically an investment an additional investment opportunity that they didn't have it, it allows them to buy as much insurance as they qualify for and the, the bottom line is no cash flow cost no ultimate cost and you heard me right it's just playing with money uh and um basically it also allows you to be able to and this is the lovely part about life insurance there are a lot of things that people say, well, I don't like insurance. I don't like insurance. And I always wonder what it is they don't like, because it's the only vehicle in Canada other than a TFSA, which has a limit, where it really has, it has limits, but they're far beyond a TFSA. It allows you to grow money tax sheltered and actually your family to receive it tax-free. Well, and, and a, a um, country like Canada, that's a very special thing. If bought right, it is also creditor proof. And right. society is becoming more litigious all the time. Right. And, and I know that doctors have um, medical malpractice and so on. But um, when something's creditor proof, it and, and that's by design, and it's by case law, uh, it's something you can sleep with, because the money that you uh, a mass in a life insurance policy properly structured is uh, you can take it to the bank whenever you want. The other thing, the other thing is you're building a fund of money, uh, usually in your corporation, that you could have access to personally uh, for the rest of your life. Okay, so Gordon, I'm gonna stop you there for a minute because uh, we're gonna dive into all of these aspects very, very quickly. I just wanted to set the stage. Um, so coming back to what you've said, because this is an insurance product, uh, it's based or it's based on an insurance product, uh, and it has all these qualities, you know, we've talked about in our previous conversation, term versus permanent life. Is this, is this strategy that you're talking about? Is it related to both types of insurance product or is it only one type of insurance product? Well, product products is a name. I call them tools. Tools. Okay, got, got it. They're, they're tools of the trade. So not everybody can do everything. So when a doctor is starting out, it's not appropriate, nor would I suggest it. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, but I would use term because it's a great tool for ensuring your financial future. Yeah. But to do the wealth creator, which tool are we using? Right. Well, you, you, you can only use a whole life participating uh, insurance. Okay. Um, when you say whole life participating, does that also include uni a universal life or it does no, not include? No, universal life, uh, which I was one of the ones in 1978 to bring into Canada, is an unbundled, um, disclosed way or methodology of buying insurance. But over, over, over the many years since, well, it's actually 50 years now, almost, um, it's, it's not a good product anymore because okay. the because the the financial end of it has become loaded with with all kinds of um costs fees yeah fees costs whatever yeah. and and it it doesn't work like it used to unless you want to do one thing and i would say this now which is if you want to buy a level amount of insurance yeah right and you want to and you want to make sure the premium never changes yeah. so it it itself is level right and you have no other need yeah then it's a great product okay got it that's a that's a pot that's another podcast in the very near future where we can right. maybe dive deep into the pros and cons of each maybe uh, in uh, insurance tools right so let me ask you this question so i'm a physician my audience are physicians doctors dentists nurse practitioners people in the healthcare industry and like risk, like Mr. and Mrs. Joe, anyone, we have same challenges, but I think some of our challenges are even greater. A few of them are, you know, financial stability. I mean, fair enough, we could make a good income, but unfortunately, many of us spend more than we make. So financial stability is an issue. And the ability to retire with comfort is an issue, right? So yes. in your mind, what are the good tools out there in the financial industry that will help us with that? Let me just set the stage a little bit and then just talk about the different tools and then we'll come back. Okay. So um, one tool that's not really, uh, that gen doesn't generate a lot of interest uh, is a thing called an IPP, an individual uh, pension plan. And the better, the better uh, choice of that is called a personal pension plan. The reason it's good is because it allows you over time to put in more money paid for by your corporation. So your corporation writes a check to a trust called um, a PPP instead of to you uh, and it allows you to even go back so if your corporation is quite old or if you have a holding company that's quite old you can actually go back and create a thing called future service or and past service so past service would say oh i didn't put money into that for a long time but i did rsps you actually can put more money in and then you get what's called the defined benefit pension plan well, who has that? Everybody in the government. <laughs> so if everybody in the government has it, I guess it's better than anything else, which it is, right? What's What's the second thing on your list of things? <laughs> For retirement, 
real estate is real estate is a great investment. Now, not everywhere in the world. I've made a lot of money and my clients have made a lot of money uh, in real estate. And why is real estate a great investment over time? Because it's tax sheltered, it's tax deferred other than your principal residence. In your principal residence, you pay no tax as it grows, right? So <laughs> I always tell even my kids, buy the biggest house you can afford in good in bad times, make sure it has leverage. In other words, a mortgage, and I'll explain that in a minute, and move up when you can. And what you end up with is, even if you didn't ever buy an RSP, it'll outstrip any RSP because RSPs are fully taxable when you take it out. And, and these are not. Now, it is true that the government's now looking at the principal ex uh, a tax exemption. They're looking at it. The government now is starving for money because of, of the pandemic and because, uh, but I, I would say that the government is not only giving money out to us uh, in Canada, but they're giving money that we can't afford, and and we can't we can't afford what we have because we're spending way more than the tax revenue to Revenue Canada. So it's a very dangerous game they're playing. Principal residence is good. Real estate is also good because when you buy a piece of real estate other than your principal residence, what you do is if you keep it long enough, and I meet these people all the time now because of my age. They, they, the family bought it 30 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, and all, and they bought it for like, uh, I don't know, $20,000. A house, a house 50 years ago that you bought for $20,000 is worth approximately a million and a half dollars now, right? And $20,000 was a lot of money in those years, right? And if you bought it for 25,000, it's worth two and a half million. Yeah. Like I've seen these things, right? If you bought it right, location, location, location. It's a perfect thing. I said about leverage. So a house will go up maybe 2% every year if you paid cash for it. However, if you leverage it, it'll go up 6 to 9% every year because it's called a cash on cash return. So last year, some houses in Toronto and areas in Toronto went up 20.7% right? If you paid cash, it would be 20.7% on your cash. I can't even imagine how much it went up if you leveraged 80% of your house. So I always tell people it's much better than an RS, any RSP. Any RSP. Okay. Right. So we got, let me just summarize a bit. We got um, the different tools uh, it, it to, to, you know, build financial security and retirement and comfort. Those are the two goals we wanted to achieve. Right. One was the personal pension plan or a private pension plan, whether it's IPP or PPP. It sounds in your in what you're saying that you prefer and favor the PPP. Uh, the other one is the a primary residence. And the third one is uh, investment real estate. Right. Correct. So those are Correct. the three for now. Any other ones? What about the TFSA? What do you think about that? Well, I really like TFSAs but they're not used properly got it in my, in my humble estimation i absolutely agree with you yeah i think what what it's it's not what it's designed to do it's what you should do for it 
with it. Correct. Correct. And what, what, to be honest, if you're ever going to take a flyer, right, and and you should with about five percent of your portfolio, most ten percent, is take that flyer and put it in your TFSA. So, for instance, I did something really silly that I wouldn't tell anybody to do. A number of years ago, I bought Bitcoin. Oh, and I, I, bought, I, it, I bought Bitcoin two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? The, the theory I, is... and I'm I late to the it. game. No, well, it doesn't... There's never a late to the game if the game's valid. I, I, want, you to, I want you to know that. So I bought it uh, many years ago, several years, like about six or seven years ago. And... I've made a lot of money in my TFSA. So TFSA, a good tool if you know how to use it properly. Correct, correct. And you should use it because it's the only way that, other than life insurance, that you can put money into an investment that Ribbon Can allows you and it, it, it will grow tax-free. A lot of people don't have TFSAs because they don't understand it. Correct. Um, Correct. And, but but it's one of the gifts that the government gave us, and and many of us don't take advantage of this gift. Well, the government tends to, if <laughs> the government gives a lot of gifts, but they're not taken up. Like people when they're young, they say, "Oh, I'm going to buy an RSP," and I say, "Don't buy an RSP. What I want you to do is I want you to buy." even if you make an investment into a limited partnership of a real estate limited partnership yeah. where you share the upside with everybody else as long as you know that it's valid and you have to do you have to do your diligence yeah well, diligence in investing is everything so uh, i just want to preface now i am not encouraging people to buy bitcoin Okay, and no, neither I, and neither is Gord. So no, I, I am not either. It's it, it it's a game that you'll always look back if it goes. It's supposed to go to a hundred thousand in the next twelve months. Oh, it, it, oh yeah. It's it's about it's been as high as sixty eight thousand a coin. Yeah. Now it's about forty two thousand a coin. Yeah. Why? Because why? Because the nobody's sure what's going to happen to the Ukraine, so it goes up and down like everything else, right? Yep. And that's why I said it can't be money that if you lost it, it would change your life. It's that 5% that you go for gold. That's right. right. Uh, now that we kind of set the stage on how healthcare professionals can use several financial tools to plan for financial stability and retirement comfort, let's dive into one of them, which is the insurance tool. And as part of the insurance tool, there's one particular vehicle tool product, which is the whole life participating life insurance. Yeah. And, and so please, Gordon, slowly, because I'm not as smart as you are slowly, what is the participating life insurance? Uh, again, just high level. And how do we use it in conjunction with your strategy, which is the wealth creator? So I think we have to talk about what I call target market. Those people who are capable of using this strategy and uh, comfortable with it. So maybe who are capable, but also who are the best people to use it? Who, who, who does it help? And why, why do they need this help? Okay, so, well, we have to talk about 
I think, who qualifies for this. So the target market for this, generally speaking, are people who have a corporation, they have significant tax paid, what we call surplus or, or income. In other words, it's money you keep in your corporation after you pay tax. You, have, you make a sufficient or, or almost exceptional income because you work hard and you're, or you're in a specialty uh, as well, uh, where some of the specialties do amass a lot of income every year if you work hard. But the other test really is people who spend a lot of money on their family, their house, their, their life, charity, whatever. If you, don't spend, if you don't take a lot of money under corporation, then you need life insurance. Because at the end of the game, when you go to the cloud, Revenue Canada has a tool. And the tool says they're going to basically value your entire life's effort, which is called your net worth, at the highest fair market value as at the moment before you die. So given that you are the principal shareholder of your, of your uh, MPC, for instance, they're going to, obviously it's worth more with you alive than the moment after you die. They're going to tax that at, at the moment before you die. Okay. Correct. So, right. And, and all your assets too, because your net worth, you could be in the stock market and you have a million dollars the day before you die or the moment before. And then we go into recession three months later and it's worth 400,000. Your, your estate's going to get taxed at $1 million. Correct. So, so they know that they know the name of the game. So the first thing is, the first thing is if you're, um, if you're risk adverse, but you, you are investing your money long-term, then you should have corporate owned life insurance. Yeah. Totally. And, and the reason, the reason is because you're basically putting cash in your corporation in a tax sheltered vehicle that when you pass away, and I don't know, I, I've never met anybody that has not actually um, gone to the cloud. Uh, We're not talking about Amazon here, right? Not, not the Amazon no, cloud. No, We're talking about Gord's <laughs> cloud, right? <laughs> God's cloud. <laughs> I get tired of talking about people dying and uh, and the like, so I, I made up my own funny things. Right, um, right. So anyway, nobody gets off this earth alive. That's what I like to say. Right. So at the end, you have to make provision. There are only two ways of paying tax. One is from what you earned, and that's a very expensive, a very uh, expensive way. And the other way is to buy insurance. Insurance is really like a standby fee. If you were if you were in a business and you wanted a million dollars that you could use at any time, you'd pay about 2%. And that's about the cost of life insurance, usually. Yeah. So the wealth creator that we talked about is basically allowing you to buy whole life life insurance in your corporation. Most corporations are taxed somewhere between 10.5% under $500,000 of net corporate income. That's after your expenses. And then it ramps up to um, over a million dollars of uh, uh, net, net uh, income to over 26.5%. To 26.5, exactly. 
But then remember we talked about passive income? Yep. Passive income is like GICs, which a lot of people put money into, and money, money that you have in your corporation that you don't use. And in MPCs, that's generally the case, unless you bought a building or something. And there's a rule that Red McKenna came out with, I think about 2017, called the 90% rule. If you don't use 90% of your assets in your corporation for active business, then you're going to get taxed also at 51% instead of 26 Okay. There are many reasons why you should be interested if you're approaching $500,000 or more. Or if you're spending a lot of money, right? They if if they can't afford it and and they're behind in tax and they have lots of liabilities, I particularly don't want them as a client. I'll help them, but not for not for a wealth creator. The simple thing with a wealth creator is just a buy whole life policy, and let it percolate in your corporation, building up cash, and it builds up cash two ways. One is guaranteed cash value, and don't let any salesmen tell you that everything in a whole life policy is guaranteed because it is not correct right. right so if i had to illustrate it at a high level if you paid ten dollars of premium one dollar would go to buy your insurance the cost of insurance the other nine goes into what i called before a participating fund which is a totally diversified fund of investments from real estate to fixed income like GICs, to bonds, to even gold, to whatever. What happens with the participating fund is so the cash value is guaranteed. And when you buy a, a product, you will get a column and it says, these are the guaranteed cash values as we go on. Right. And guaranteed means that the it's market guaranteed. can drop by 40%. It doesn't change that amount at all. Every year, you can see exactly how much money in the cash account, the guaranteed cash account you have. Yeah. Okay. Every year, the insurance company may pay a dividend. Got it. Right? So <laughs> I call it the, the, the burgerism. We, the insurance company, have a right to declare a dividend and pay a dividend at a rate set from time to time by us, which means they have all they have all the cards on their side. Correct. However, there are companies like Sun Life who have never missed a dividend. And in the last number of years, they've had the highest dividend of any company in Canada. 6.25 currently, right? It, well, no, it was 6.25. And a year ago, it went to six. Okay. And this year, they've already declared six. So okay. that's it, right? So in a, there are many options in dividends, but the one we choose is to pay uh, is to take the dividend and buy more life insurance paid up so the minute you buy that in that year more life insurance you own it they can't yep. take it away right yep. it's part of the cash value got it the cash value grows and that's a good thing at any time at any time given that you have this cash in the policy in the corporation which by the way usually costs you if you paid 10.5% tax under $500,000, right? You have about 90 cents left to buy life insurance or anything else like that, right? If you if you owned it personally and you're paying 53%, that's actually 53.53% at the high rate over $222,000, you will be have to make $2 to pay one. 
So you're Got better having your corporation and there's no adverse effect. Got it. Okay? Other than one thing, and your corporation is no longer creditor proof, but we can supply that creditor proofing by structuring. Okay. But it's but it's not part of what people know or usually do. What happens is every year it goes up. And at any time that you want to access that, for whatever reason, you took out too much money during the year, it's called a shareholder's loan. Revenue Canada says you must pay that back within a year. But, but if you need to get money, there's a way of getting it into your hands from the cash in the contract in the corporation, basically without triggering any current tax. The only way you get money out of a corporation with life insurance tax-free is to die. And we all die, unfortunately, right? Other than that, well, there are some ways of using it. And these are to totally compliant in the Tax Act with provisions that allow you to do this. So if you take money out uh, by actually borrowing from a bank with, with certain criteria, you could use that money to pay off the shareholder's loan. So it is a participating life inside a corporation, which we call a COLI, corporate, corporately owned life insurance. It has, it has a death benefit and it has a cash value. And you've explained to us very well what we can do with the cash value in case we need it. It's a yes. loan it's a loan collateralized, sorry, it's the insurance policy collateralized to a bank where we take the money out. But when we take the money out from the bank out of that loan is done personally and not to the corporation. Okay, so there are two ways of doing it. Good, okay. good, uh, right. The first way is for those people who are totally risk adverse. This is an incredible way of buying whole life insurance with no cash flow costs because what you're doing is you're writing a check I'm, I'm just going to use a silly number, a million dollars, if you're one of those guys, and you're going to borrow a million dollars, a whole million dollars. Yeah. And that in itself is a, another strategy. And so now you have a million dollars in your pocket. And what you're going to do is you're going to use most of it, almost 97% of it, because you're going to pay some interest on it, on the loan. Right. And there's some other things you have to pay, but it works out to about uh, um, 30,000 on a million. Yeah. So you have, so now you have $970,000 left. And if you took it out the appropriate way, which is by dividends, uh, you would have about $500,000 left. So this way you have 970,000 and the essence of, of what we do is to say to you, Take the money that you need to spend or want to spend, but not, not more, not more than half of it. And take the other half, which is deferred tax, which you're getting and you're, you're paying for it, um, basically, and you're going to invest it in your retirement fund. This is money you never had before. And so if you invest it wisely, uh, either by putting for the entrepreneur, he'd put it back in his company by way of shareholders loan. For the doctor, he would look for stable, secure investments, not fixed income, because right now you lose money against uh, any inflation. Well, inflation and taxation, mm -hmm. which is about to go up, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Right. 
because the government's starving. Right. So you, you have to find, again, like real estate. Yep. Things that appreciate beyond low levels, and you can put them away for a long, long time. Right. right. So the, we, the idea is to take the money and reinvest it with a reasonable expectation of earning an income. And right. as you're and as you're doing that, you can write off the interest of that you, loan. Well, you you can. So here's the key. You are allowed to write off the in, interest for sure. But this is the only strategy that you'll ever see that works without writing off the interest. Okay. So given my past experience of now 52 years in this business, the only thing that Revenue Canada looks at, given that this is totally compliant and I follow the rules, I don't even press the rules. I just follow the rules. Yeah. Um, which means you can sleep at night. To write off interest, which is absolutely um, available to you, that triggers a flag with Revenue Canada no matter what strategy you had, if you were writing off interest on a loan, Revenue Canada is going to come, especially in the sizes that we do, and say, okay, why did you write off the interest? Where did you put it? Did you make money? Did you lose money? And there are cases even when you when you borrowed money in a bona fide way and you invested it in a bona fide way and you lost money, and Revenue Canada sits there and says, well, you didn't earn income, so you borrow you 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 pay interest and write it off for the purpose of generating income but if you don't sometimes they take a position and there are many cases where they say you never had the ability to make income because now they look at the investment and say it never would have worked and they disallow the write off got it right? but if you but if you invested in a ETF S&P 500 index fund yeah sure. you're probably fine Sure, uh, but if you, I, but I, I just say, I just say there's interpretation. It, 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 well, no, it, it it adds a level of um, angst, if you will. Yeah, right. Which, and I'm saying this structure. If you're not greedy, you don't need it, but yep. you can use it anytime you want, right? I say if you use it, it's not something I told you to do. It's something you want to do, or you're okay. So I just wanted to come back because um, I was talking about, you know, the cash value sitting inside the insurance policy and uh, taking a loan against it. Um, but you mentioned about taking um, 90% to 100% of that cash value back. So this is the, the wealth creator in what I used to call and what most people call the IFA, which is the immediate funding arrangement. Right. Uh, but the structure is the same is what you're saying is the, the, the premium that you paid yearly or monthly into this cash value and into this policy, you can now collateralize it back from the bank uh, and take 90%, 100% and take that money to pay whatever you want to pay but not more than 50%. And the oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah. And the other half to reinvest it. The first way for a lot of people, yeah. and that is an IFA, is to buy the insurance in the corporation. Yeah. And borrow the money in the corporation. Got it. That's 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 the original. And 90% or 95% of IFAs are sold exactly like that. 
Exactly. Okay. okay. Then there's the way of doing personal financing. Okay. And personal financing, uh, generally speaking, uh, you could borrow about, uh, I'm going to say, 50 to 60%, maybe 70% okay. of, the, of the premium, of the premium, personally, uh, our structure, you borrow 100% of the premium. This is beyond the IFA, what you're saying in your structure, in the wealth creator, right. you can do more than what the regular IFA would do. So there are three levels to be simple. Number one is borrow from your corporation. Number two is to what I call borrow industry standards. And number three is to borrow 100% of your cash of whatever you're writing a check for, right? And the main thing is, and if I sell anything about what we do, our disclosure document, because I talked about disclosure before and how a doctor makes decisions, is 42 pages long. And that means that if you're not prepared to actually sit there and go through every page and make sure you understand what you're doing, and if you don't, I, I would never let you do it right? Because if you don't pay attention, it's complicated. Unlike most salesmen, it's not for everyone. No, I don't care whatever you do as a doctor, you must take the time to understand exactly what you're doing. What I understand from our discussion so far, let me just summarize it, is that this structure could be done three ways. One is you borrow and the, and the borrowing goes inside the corporation. Correct. Two, you can borrow personally uh, with industries. I would say current uh, uh, function is to take about 60 to 70% of that cash value. And in the wealth creator, the way you do it, which is also CRA compliant, uh, you can take up to 90 to 100%. Uh, personally, no, 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 100%. 100%. 100%. And this is, again, personally. Right. right. Obviously, to do something like this, uh, it's not Vuket sitting around his table and say, what can I do with my policy? Uh, this is it takes a bunch of people and a team of experts to do this. Yes. Um, so now, we were, we're happy to work with your CA, yeah. your CPA. Happy to. So I would like to say, because I'm speaking to doctors right now, in my 50 odd years of experience, Having started in the financial area, uh, I would say there are two, two kinds of people who are CPAs. One basically thinks when he meets somebody like me that, that um, he's closed-minded. He's doing everything that he can for you. And, and he's going to try everything he can to scare you. But there's no scaring because it's a, it's a tool that Revenue Canada provides all the rules to do it. The other is accountants who say, Gord, tell me all the things that we're not doing for our client that we can be doing. And those are the people that we work with, generally speaking. So we need on our team to do this, an expert like yourself. We need a good accountant who can understand this and work, us, work with us, take us through this. And we obviously need legal advice to make sure this is structured well and properly legally 
anybody else that we need on our team to do something like this. No. Okay, so now that I've got my team, now that I understand why I'm doing it, now that I've got the disclosure, next thing is I sort of understand why this is good for me, if it makes sense, obviously, right, Gord? You're going through this with me and you say, Vu, this is something I think you may benefit from. So let's just talk a little bit about what are those benefits that Vu can get out of this type of structure? Very simple, I think. Number one, you're getting a lot of life insurance that you couldn't afford before for your for your wife and family, your children. Okay. Right. Um, and I always say life insurance is a very special thing because if you think you want to be worth 20 or 30 million dollars when you when you um, retire, and that's your dream. Well, if you insure for 20 or 30 million dollars, it's going to be there whether you are or not. Correct. Right? So that's a pretty magic thing. That's the special sauce of life insurance. You know what? You you bring up something that I, I must say on this podcast. I never said it before. I've never said it before, but you brought something up. So I, I have a lot of life insurance broker friends. And one of them said to me in a way that I'm like, oh my God, that is so true. When When someone buys life insurance and they buy it for their family because the day that they are no longer here and they're in the clouds, and I'm not talking about Amazon cloud, but the day that they are in the cloud, that money is left for the family and for the kids. So when someone buys life insurance, it's a loving uh, strategy. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a strategy done out of love. And, and when he said that, I'm like, that is so true because I love my kids. I love my wife. I, I love my family. And when I'm no longer here, I want that love to continue. I don't know what you think of that. Corey. Well, look, especially especially we bring up our children, most of us, because we're all educated, to go to university. What could stop them from going to university? Money. You. you. Yeah. Right? You get hit by a Mack truck. Yeah. And it's all over for them. Yeah. And, and people say, well, I have a half a million. That doesn't go anywhere. If, if you, I'll do a spreadsheet for you over the next 20 years, because your kids are young. I know that. Yes. And for the next 20 or 25 years, they're going to, and I know you, they're going to be educated, totally educated. And you're going to want to, you and your wife are going to want to give them the, every opportunity they can to be whatever they want. Absolutely. And are, and are able. Money is the thing generally that stops them. And what stops money is you. Correct. And you guys are doctors and you always think it can't happen to you, but I can line them up and show you them. Right. Well, doctors, doctors live their professional and personal lives like teenagers. Exactly. We, exactly. we think we think we're invincible and we will right. never die. So anyway, okay. uh, so so the life insurance death benefit yes. is amazing. The ability to grow cash in your corporation, tax sheltered, and actually tax-free yeah. because when you die, all the money you put in, the premium, plus, plus all the, cash the money value. that it grew, all comes out of the corporation, tax-free, less one thing, the premium that the corporation paid for you, which is fair. Right. It will be taxed in the corporation, okay? Correct. 
But so you could end up with, if you bought a $5 million policy, 30 years from today, it's going to be worth 25 million, which does another thing, keeps up with inflation. Exactly. Right? When you buy a level something, it's useless. When you, when you, if you go out 30 or 40 years, yeah. everybody laughs and says, hey, you bought $200,000 of life insurance 50 years ago. 50 years ago, $200,000 of life insurance was a lot. Correct. Right? Now it's now now it doesn't even pay for an ice cream, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> or or a nice car. Hey, right, right, right. Sure, can't buy a house for it. No, you buy. You could buy a, a bathroom. You could right, exactly, or a nice <laughs> kitchen, right? <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's another thing that it does. Another yeah. thing it does in this in the strategy uh, where if you choose to borrow money. And if you choose to comply uh, with the act, and there are several things that you must comply with that we'll get into another time. But if you choose to do that, then you also have this retirement fund. Correct. Right? Where you're, where you're saving up to 50%. You're deferring. You're not saving. You're, you're deferring up to 50% of your tax, and you're investing it. That changes, that changes your investment dynamic exponentially. And now, if you do it properly, or if you have people that you choose to do it properly for you that, that have a background of investing the way you would if you could. Yeah. Right? right. So what you're talking about is what the financial industry commonly calls as IRP, insured retirement plan, right? Right, right. It's using the other part of it. Yeah. Is using the cash value sitting inside the insurance to fund your retirement right and nobody's forcing you to borrow money from paul this is available it's correct it's like a fund that you have where you can borrow the money without triggering tax correct and and, and that is correct. that is important because your rsp becomes a riff and it's taxed at the highest marginal highest rate, tax highest rate. rate right yeah. everybody everybody thinks about rsps and everybody does it they just don't know about the uh, RIF torpedo. Yeah, right. Now, if interest rates go up on mortgages, yeah, I lived through times where mortgages were 12 to 18%. And I can tell you if that happens and you have this kind of structure, you can, you can basically take the cash value to the corporation. When you borrow money and it's fully guaranteed, the interest rates are what we call bank prime, right? They're much lower than the market. Yeah, and, and so you can actually offset some of the external, like your mortgage costs or whatever. Today, it wouldn't pay because mortgages are, and they range anywhere from 0.99%. Yeah. It's variable to 2% or 2.5%. Right. 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 So. Okay. So those are the pros. Any other pros that we didn't talk about? Well, it changes your life. That last sentence uh, is very important. You know, I uh, learned about one thing is that, you know, notwithstanding all those positive and benefits you just mentioned, the fact that I have life insurance, for me, it's a really good anxiolytic pill, I would say. Yeah. Because it, it calmed me so much financially that I know that I've got something to fall back on. I know that I've got a safety net. I know that I've got stability. And that allows me to do whatever else I want that is a little bit more on the riskier side. But if you're and, leveraging, Vu, yeah. in other words, if you're borrowing money to invest, yeah. 
you also, at some point in time, look and say, not like the doctor who says, um, you know, my spouse or, or we spend all the money and we really have no money. Yeah. And I work so hard and I have no money yeah. and I have no future. I, so I see, I was a, a director of the foundation at Mount Sinai, as you yeah. know, I think. Yeah. And now I'm on the board of governors, but I've, I've insured a lot of those doctors over, over time. Yeah. And when I see them at age 75 or 80, walking down the hall, still working. Well, well, there are two kinds of doctors that come to me. Obviously one, one came over a couple of weeks ago and hugged me and said, I love you because I listened to you. I said, well, what are you doing here? He said, I'm just working, having fun. Right. Yeah. Because I don't work full time. I I work just because that's my life work. Then there are other doctors who, when they see me, they walk the other way. Yeah. When 30 or 40 years ago, I suggested things. Yeah. And you know why they're working? Because they have to. Correct. Right. Well, I um, I recently uh, was working with a physician for many other reasons of working with this physician, and he was 76 and he could not retire. And he was telling me the moment he retires, 12 months later, he would have no money to survive. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what I say is, and I, I, may, I may have said this to before, I, I, I have some sayings that I love, but money can't make you happy. But if you're- I would disagree happy, with you about that. Well, let me finish and then we'll- <laughs> Money cannot make you happy. And the reason I say that is I do estate planning and work for some of the wealthiest people in Canada. Yes. And some of them, if they can't find a penny and they're worth billions, they go crazy. Yeah. They're never happy. However, I always say, but if you are happy, money can make you happier. Well, uh, I, I disagree a little bit with what you said. Okay. So I would say that, you know, people say money can't not buy happiness. I absolutely disagree with that. Uh-huh. Money can buy happiness, but ridiculous amount of money does not buy you ridiculous amount of happiness. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. But if you don't have money, trust me, you will be miserable. And so, yeah, oh, that's for sure. Right. Right. So when people say money can't buy happiness, I think they don't understand that money is a tool. That's it. Money is a tool. It is nothing else. We talked a lot about the positive of this structure and this, uh, this tool. What about some negatives? What what are the things that we need to be looking at uh, or for, or watch out for? Okay. It's somebody, when you buy insurance, other than term insurance, which is like car insurance, car insurance, you buy this year. If you don't have a car, you don't want to insure it next year because you're not driving, you just drop it. When you, when you buy a whole life policy, you're looking for somebody that between the person you deal with now and whoever's succession is, that you want to make sure that you're dealing with a company that has succession. Because if you don't, you're left all on your own. And, and that is not a good thing for a doctor. So I'm 70 and I have a team of 14 people, all that are succession for me. So you need to have a relationship that you yep. can depend on. That's number one. Yeah. You need to know that every year for a long, long time, even though it's going to be fully financed, 
that you can make, you can write that check corporately. I can't take on a client and will not that doesn't have the wherewithal net worth personally and corporately by retained earnings and everything to assure me that I can assure him that he can do it. Yeah. Okay. Cash flow. Yeah. And, and that means sometimes like I find a lot of doctors just to change the topic that if something happened, they don't have enough disability. Yeah. They don't have enough business overhead. So it's a, a holistic thing that you need to plan around everything, all the consequences of the commitment. Okay. You understand so, that? so it is a commitment. It's a total commitment for a long, long time. Got right? it. We, we can target it like 20 years or whatever, but if, but if you're in it 20 years, you'll see that, that it works so well that you'd never leave it. Right? Correct. Until you leave. Okay. So Correct. you wouldn't do that. Here's the, here's the negative. Yeah. The negative is we never know what Revenue Canada is planning, right? So I've Got done it. this in different iterations for 40 years, never never had a problem. But I don't know what Revenue Canada is going to do. They're starving for money. So that's the bad part. The good part, the good part is number one, we're following their rules. So because you follow their rules, and we make sure every year that you follow the rules, that there would never be double taxation. Like Got it. Canada penalty taxation. So they may say, oh, you owe money. Well, the good part of that is every premium that you pay, 25 months later, there is a rule in the CRA, and it's called statute barring. So that first premium and what you did with it will be statute barred, which means they can't touch it. They can't attack you for it after the 25th month. So the second premium, when it gets to 25th month, that's statute part also in the third and the fourth and the fifth. So they can't go back 20 years and say, oh, you, you saved, you know, you did this for 20 years, you owe us X, right? They'll say, you owe us for the last two years. Now you have this big fund of money that you've invested. Mm -hmm. You have all the money in the world to pay them back the couple of years that you owe. So you can sleep at night. Yeah. As long as you invest, Obviously, another good point is do not be a cowboy. Uh, you have to respect the rules. Right. You need, you need to have a team. You need to work with the team. You need to have a good cash flow, a good stable right. cash flow. And, and when I say that, I agree with you that it has to be holistic, meaning you need to have all the other insurances in place and risk mitigation in place to be able to do this. Right. And finally. Lastly. Lastly yeah must deal with an organization that they themselves own a back office not some not not some like you say cowboy yeah is out there trying to sell as much as he can and then he's not going to be in the business got it you need to find somebody who's been in the business for decades who has a back office when you call you're a special client thank you very much gord for going through this with us i think that we've talked about a lot of concepts here we talked about Coley, corporately owned life insurance. We talked about a structure within a corporation. We talked about, you know, tax sheltering. We talked about tax-free. We talked about how to structure a policy that is bought by the corporation, but taken out personally. And we talked about different aspects of financial life that has nothing to do with life insurance. <laughs> and so... I thank you very much for coming on to the show and sharing that with us. So 
I ask this to all my guests uh, at the end uh, before leaving us today. If there's something on your chest that must be said, and it's the if if it's the only thing people hear from my podcast today, what would that be? You know, after we all work hard and hopefully we live a good life. It's the quality of life. It's the time you spend with your wife and children. And when you spend that, to be able to give them what they deserve. I'm a big believer in that. Not not what you, not because you didn't have it, they should have it. But what the, the, the good things in life that they deserve. They work for just like you did, I did, right? And it, it's sort of what I say. And, and unfortunately, the biggest tool other than health, health is always the biggest tool, is in this life, quality of life is driven by ethics, morals, values, and money. Thank you. And uh, I, I could not agree more with you. As being a physician, uh, I, I absolutely 120% agree with you. Uh, so thank you very much for sharing that, uh, that thought, um, which, again, not insurance related and not uh, finance related. It's, no. a, it's a life-related uh, wisdom that you shared with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gord. I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion with Gordon. And uh, Gordon, in all of my interviews with him, not only does he share with us the technical aspects of the structure and solution, but he also provides his life um, wisdom with us. And so I am very appreciative of that and I hope that you guys are appreciative of that as well. If you did like this podcast, please share with your friends and uh, follow us for more episodes. You can always leave me feedback or uh, suggestions for future podcasts at hmfhd2020 at gmail.com. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice. 